Uh, I'm joined uh, by Chandra Mitra, Rajya Sabha MP and member of the National Executive of the BJP. Dr. Abhishek Manu Singhvi, Rajya Sabha MP of the Congress. Uh, I'm also joined by Francesca Marino. She's a journalist and an author from Italy. Thank you both. Thank you all very much for joining us. Uh, Dr. Singhvi, let me ask you first. The argument being made by the Italian Deputy Foreign Minister is that the death penalty is something that's completely unacceptable in Italy and therefore at any cost they had to prevent their Marines from returning to this country. Isn't it somewhat belatedly a recognition on, on part of Italy? Because these Marines had actually gone back to Italy earlier and come back. Earlier on they could have made that same uh, argument and, with, uh, and stopped their uh, Marines from returning. Isn't it strange that they would choose to do so at this stage? Uh, I think we must have an approach, of course, subject to contempt of court proceedings, and that is a different issue, or proceedings by the Supreme Court, even though not called contempt of some other kind. That's between the Supreme Court and them. Otherwise, we must have an approach of let bygones be bygones, in the sense that obviously we don't buy the story of the Italians, that they went thinking of this or that. Obviously, an attempt was made to take them beyond jurisdiction. But having said that, I think we must commend and applaud the fact that inter-country diplomacy has worked. Most importantly, the majesty of the apex court has worked. And they have come back with the realization that partly legal, partly the fetter on their ambassador, partly India's economic might and power and the steadfastness of the government, I think it has all been a very good combination. So. While not accepting any explanation from the Italians, and I don't think we need to do that. Most people in India understand that it could not have been for such simple reasons, but there obviously might have been an intention not to come back, reasonably inferred. But today, I think there is equally something to look at the positive side, that these things happen. After all, you must give credit that they made the effort to come back. Otherwise, it could have been a long, protracted process. All right. So I think Mitra, that just come to, I'll just come to Chandra Mitra to react to this. And that is a great victory, I think, from all fronts. Yeah, yes. we will, well, that's in fact my question. Do you see this, Chandra Mitra, as a victory to the government of India, to Indian diplomacy, or do you believe that this, this is a deal that has been worked out? There is a lot that we aren't being able to detect over here. Because the argument by the Italian uh, Deputy the, Foreign Minister seems to be somewhat disingenuous. I mean, uh, did they not know about the death penalty earlier on? Why is it that they suddenly woke up to it? Well, Vishnu, in my opinion, this is far from a deal. It is an abject surrender. It is an abject surrender to Italian browbeating and for some particular reason we are always very very soft to Italy and uh, I don't want to speculate on the reasons for that but I think this is actually preposterous that not only will have we virtually guaranteed that there will be no death penalty which the government has no authority to uh, say this is for the courts to decide whether a person will be given a death penalty or not. And and the other thing, that they would stay in the Italian embassy. This is bizarre. I don't think it has ever happened that uh, under trials for murder are allowed to move about freely, stay in their own country's embassy and then only appear in court when they are called to give evidence. This is really, really, I think just to... Uh, but that's been allowed by the Supreme Court, Mr. Mitra. Correct me if I'm wrong, that's the Supreme Court has, has allowed them not to be in police custody. Well, yes, but you know, we gave an assurance. Uh, this is the Italian Deputy Foreign Minister whose uh, press conference I was watching on your channel just now. 
uh, is, is saying that this was agreed upon. So India has surrendered, India has conceded all their points through subterfuge and a, a whole bunch of total lies. They took away these two, uh, marines by violating the su Supreme Court's uh, magnanimity and now when they found that they really have no uh, way out, they bargained hard, okay. they got the most that they could uh, get and uh, now the Congress government is taking credit. Okay, I let me can't just, believe it actually. Okay, let me just go, go back to Dr. Singh. Dr. Singhvi, before I get you to respond to that, the, the, the same Italian Deputy Foreign Minister reportedly stated that the right of movement of these Italian Marines in India remains. If they want to go to a restaurant, they can go to a restaurant. They are staying in the Italian embassy, right? You know, and now we are also told that because of a bilateral agreement which may have been signed, they could ultimately end up serving the jail term in Italy as well, not over here. So, how is this look, not a compromise? Look, I think it's... I, uh, look, I think it's time we stop sensationalizing. And I think I find the sensational element in Dr. Chandan Mitra's response quite preposterous. I find that there is no sense of balance and there is complete political, uh, you know, rhetoric in what he's saying. Let me point out the facts. Here you have a situation where two of the three elements Dr. Mitra is talking about, he is directly blaming the Supreme Court. Let me tell you that once a matter is under trial in Supreme Court, anything and anything they do is subject to Supreme Court orders. There was a special application, a special hearing, a special decision, a specific decision taken, only allowed ultimately by the Supreme Court. Otherwise, as you know, all of us have to be either in judicial or police custody. Now, if the Supreme Court allows it, I think the use of extreme language by Dr. Mitra is completely misplaced and in fact casts aspersion. That's point number one. Point number two, this is pure sensationalism to call it go to a restaurant. They are staying in the Italian embassy. If the Italian embassy has things inside, they can certainly use it. But if you have a problem with that, please file an application for modification to the Supreme Court because the Supreme Court believes that at the moment they were being tried wrongly and a special court alone can try them. So it struck a middle path by allowing custody, if I may say so, under general Supreme Court supervision but with the Italians. But Dr. Singh, while we can't question an order of the Supreme Court, we can certainly reflect on its implications. Yeah. And the implications of this no, are two people question? who have why, shot their Indians you? in possibly Indian waters, who are staying in an embassy, who can go minute. to restaurants, and who might do a jail why? term if they are sentenced in their own country. Why should? Sir, but sir, why this should, implication, sir, it, it has a bearing on us. In this country. One second. Yes. Let me. Let me. Why should the BJP be allowed to train its guns on the central government if it doesn't have the guts to train its guns on the Supreme Court? Okay. The Fair Supreme question. Court let me has ask, also let me ask Dr. Mitra that Let me finish. Just okay. a minute, please. Okay. Let me finish. First of all, don't make a scapegoat of the central government for everything. And secondly, you we don't expect any support or praise for the BJP for anything. When they went, huge criticism. When they came back, equal criticism. So nothing which we do uh, can ever be right and we don't expect them to say it's right and we're oh. not waiting for brownie points from them. Okay, Mr. Mitra, basically, are you being, Very is the BJP uh, being uncharitable? That, 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 that's that what Dr. Singhvi is asking. One second, that point is, no, no, that no, point I, is I'm, I'm that these people uh, have ultimately come back because of a process followed by the government, firm, dignified, unrelenting and yet, where reasonably possible, do what you can. One, one last thing was no. 
there is a treaty many years old yes between the two countries yes for serving sentence in the other country yes these treaties are international commitments they are not made with a view that the moment an incident occurs we will renege on our treaty tomorrow some innocent indian or some poor indian may suffer the same fate then in that case there 130 of them in italian so prisons so please don't these treaties they so haven't been brought well, back here if, if somebody was to invoke the treaty well i don't know how many of them are military i don't know how many of the government of india is trying to get back because there may be private okay let me get, let me just uh, certainly okay uh, uh, let me come back to, to chandan mitra now and francesca you've been waiting no, i will I, come to um, you chandan mitra first i have a short and again. simple short and simple rejoinder yes. uh, to dr singhvi who is a very good lawyer and obviously knows his law but the point is i would like to know the when the italian deputy foreign minister says on record at a press conference that he has a letter from the government of india giving him certain assurances now this issue these assurances have not been given by the supreme court of india the chief justice of india has not sent a letter to the italian government the letter has been sent by the indian government to the uh, to the italian government by the indian government so the assurances that have been given have been by the indian government indian government is run by dr singhvi's party and they have done this uh, only to score a minor point that we got these monies back but you got the monies back as a token gesture you have no desire whatsoever that they should be punished they will be free very shortly i am absolutely okay. sure and the nominal sentence that they may, may get because the government prosecutor i'm sure uh, will uh, will under the able guidance okay wh- why don't i in fact go across now legal, to harish salve the former counsel for the marines or right, we'll we'll get him in just a moment from now francesca i wanted to come across to you uh, as you see this debate in this country and uh, I, I, you know i mean yes. bring us give us an idea of what's happening in italy because in as much as people here may feel satisfied or people may still feel outraged the sense that we are getting in italy is that everybody is feeling outraged you know there was a big victory which was scored in your country when these marines were taken yes. back and now there is a huge loss in your country is that right politically how could the government do this bring no, them back no, send no. them back <laughs> no is not right at all the uh, since the beginning of this story uh, people is asking the actually the 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 missions of me mr terzi uh, yesterday today it was even worse i mean a storm started because uh, because this is uh, this has been uh, really really a major a major debacle for the it- italian diplomacy for italy and whatever we we we, we i mean is a is a miserable figure uh, mr mr de misura is a fine diplomat i was actually sure that that penalty card was was going to be used uh to answer some of the issues raised before uh, now and not before because actually you forget that india had suspended execution and and they have been resumed in january so it, it might be this i don't think uh, this is of course uh, this is uh, this is uh, this is a story that is been cooked uh, not to lose too much the face and uh, okay for other reasons if i'm personally against that penalty yes. not so much okay. i mean as a 
Okay, Francesca, I, I get the point that you're trying to make. Thing, just, but I we, would like... Yes, yes. yes. Yeah, Francesca, I'll come back to you if I can, but we're now joined on the phone line by Harish Salve, the former counsel for okay. the Marines. Mr. Salve, you were very upset when the Italian Marines were taken away. Okay. You felt that the Supreme Court, uh, the, the, the dignity or, or the respect due to the Supreme Court had been violated. Now that they've come back, are you That's changing right. your opinion? Well, uh, I'm happy that they have agreed to resolve it without... Uh, precipitating an absolute crisis and uh, well, it's better uh, late than never. Mr. Salve, the, 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 the basic point now is that the Italian Deputy Foreign Minister says that they were worried about the death penalty. When you were representing them, did you ever tell them that this death penalty is a very likely possibility in this particular case? I think we are getting way ahead of ourselves. I don't know what the diplomats who have been speaking to... So, the, the Italian Deputy Foreign Minister has just addressed the entire country, all right, in which he has said right. that the death penalty became an issue, it's banned in Italy. The reason they didn't send these Italian Marines back was because they thought that the death penalty could ultimately be a factor over here. Did you, sir, as their counsel, well, ever tell the Italians that that could be the case? Well, um, let me tell you, as far as the case in the, Cal in the Kerala jurisdiction was concerned, right up to the High Court, yes. the allegation was of 302, and anybody who is even superficially familiar with Indian law knows that the ultimate penalty for 302, theoretically, can be death. Yes. Now, there are a zillion steps to cross before you get to the point of the, whether they would or would not actually have been subjected to the death penalty. But in the theory, in theory, the death penalty has always been there. We have not introduced it in the last two weeks. So, therefore, Mr. So Salve, what the I, I, I don't understand what this uh, this whole issue is all about. But, but, Mr. Salve, you make a very important point that theoretically the death penalty could be there. It depends on which way the Supreme Court rules. So, how, sir? And the BJP is also asking this question: Can the government go ahead and say that look, there will be no death penalty? Don't worry about it. Bring your Marines back. On what basis can the government argue that, when even theoretically, if there is a possibility, then it's a possibility? Well, uh, I, I heard, uh, uh, I saw a press interview, or rather press interaction with Mr. Kurshid, who said no such assurance has been given. If he has, then I think he's the right person to answer the question. I don't know enough law to tell you as to how in law such an assurance can be given. That's an important point. Uh, Dr. Singhvi, uh, Harish Salve mentioning... What Chandan Mitra has said, that in law, how can the government give this sort of assurance? Oh, but I have been saying earlier, I have not yet seen the text of any such assurance. A lot of speculation is going on. Dr. Mitra seems to think that the Chief Justice of India would be normally writing to the Italian government. All communications he knows are through the government. And the government would necessarily have written that we will, would necessarily assured that we will take action in accordance with the Supreme Court orders. But this assurance that we will ensure that there is no death penalty, I have neither seen nor heard. Now, if you want to create sensationalism, as I said, you remember in the Salem case, the Portugal case, even there, it's a very good example, there was an extradition arrangement whereby we brought him back under an agreement that he would not be subjected to death penalty. And yet, when the court proceedings were going on here, no such guarantee could be given. Yes. Because you cannot tell a judge that you shall not give in an in a issue which carries death penalty. So I have my very serious doubt, unless Dr. Mitra can produce that assurance, that there is any such assurance. What they might have said is that he will be tried in accordance with Indian law, he will be followed in Supreme Court procedure, there will be no persecution, etc., etc. From that to extrapolate, I think is a bit too much. 
and in any case i have said in the first part of the program that you must assume very it's very clear that the italians are taking an excuse that they did so because of the death penalty issue it is obvious that they wanted at one time to go scot free and now better senses prevail but why should that bother us we should be happy and let bygones be bygones as to what motivated the italians to go in the first place it's yes. quite clear that the explanation of the minister minister Uh, regarding death penalty uh, is is 99% will not wash so so let me correct you uh, dr singh we over there i've actually pulled out salman khurshid's statement today in the lok sabha and he says let me quote notwithstanding the pending proceedings the government has informed the italian government that the two marines will not be liable for arrest if they return within the time frame laid down by the supreme court and shall once again be bound by the conditions constrained in the order passed by the court on the 18th of january and that according to well settled indian jurisprudence this case would not fall in the category of matters which attract the death penalty that is to say the rarest of rare cases therefore there need not be any apprehension in this regard so how can he, this was a statement to the lok sabha today sir this is the government's position how can the government you be very clear no 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 you be very clear what he is saying is that on the judicial tests it is unlikely to become a category of the rarest of rare he is not giving any guarantee that he shall they shall not impose death penalty because he can neither change 302 nor a judicial order no but sir, that's not what that doctor see me that's not what you're examining extenuating oh, circumstances no, no. no that on, on a basis of lot of extenuating circumstances this may not fall in the rarest of rare it is not a depraved inhuman it is sir, not something where is total premeditation yes. Yes. so that is what he must have meant it cannot possibly mean after our portugal episode in particular yes. that he's giving a guarantee on behalf of the judiciary but sir once again i'll i'll read that operator part of the statement according to well settled indian jurisprudence this case would not fall in the category of matters which attract the death penalty that is to say the rarest of rare cases he's stating he's he says that it will not fall i mean there there is no uh, debate no, within uh, that it statement it is certainly possible let me tell you yes. it is certainly possible for the prosecutor in consulting well he's not supposed to be consulting but he certainly this would be one of the factors not to ask for the death penalty a prosecutor is not compulsorily mandated to ask the death penalty okay dr dr that's the whole point but but it yes. doesn't mean that a court cannot impose that's the only point i'm making all right chandra mitra last comment from you we need to move on go ahead chandra yeah no you see uh, uh, dr singhvi has let the cat out of the bag uh, otherwise he is telling us let's uh, let's deconstruct what he has said he is saying the prosecutor will be instructed by the congress government not to seek the maximum penalty he'll probably be told that look let them have a few um, indian dinners in uh, delhi and allow them to go back and go home <laughs> but this is what the prosecution will seek this is what is a very clear meaning uh, i think mr salman khurshid no to himself death penalty and few dinners isn't there nothing no, in between no, no. mr dr salman khurshid to himself appropriated to himself the role of the chief justice of india and said this will not fall in the category of rarest of rare now who is he to make an assurance or give make the statement in the lok sabha he cannot do this it is for the supreme court to decide is it rare rarest of rare or however rare or well done or medium it is it is for the court to decide all right he cannot decide okay last so, so last word to last is, last uh, word is, to harish uh, salve because i have an other very big important story coming up uh, last last word to harish salve go ahead you know there is extra uh, you can uh, you can beat about the bush it's obviously a bit of diplomatic face saving 
I find this whole discussion bordering on uh, a very strange situation where you don't even have the evidence of what happened on the boat and we've already decided what happened and what happened was this and therefore this is not the rarest of rare. It may not be, it possibly isn't, but <laughs> I don't, up till now nobody has proved they even shot the two uh, fishermen. Yeah. But to say already maybe a bit of diplomatic uh, sort of... Uh, uh, oil on troubled waters, I don't think it is anything more serious than that. Now, whether a minister should have made such an assurance or not is another story. Okay. But um, it appears a little face-saving is going on here. All right. Uh, perhaps face-saving should Salman Khushree have made those remarks. One way or the other, these Marines are back. They will be tried by the Supreme Court of India. It's a victory to that end. Whether there was a larger deal and whether the government was part of that deal process, we still don't know like to thank all of you for joining us. Chandra Mitra will stay with us as we move on to another one of our big stories. Well, fresh details are now emerging of how the arms dealer Abhishek Varma and his associates systematically penetrated the Defence Ministry and the Indian Armed Forces to ensure that the rifles, carbines and pistols manufactured by the firm Six Hour were favoured to win contracts which could ultimately be worth billions of dollars. Now, earlier this week, NDTV brought you the story of how Varma and his Romanian wife Anka were transferred a sum of 50,000 US dollars to be paid to a so-called VIP to push through the deal for rifles, sniper rifles for the Indian Army. Now, today we are going to bring you fresh details of the money trail, of how top secret documentation was accessed and what this all means. And what we have with, with us is actual email conversations between Abhishek Varma, who is now in jail, unconnected to this case, another case, Abhishek Varma, Six Hour, the company in the United States, and his colleagues, and, and, and how they tried to push through a, a, a deal, a massive deal for sniper rifles for the Indian Army. Now, first point, in an email dated the 23rd of July 2011, Abhishek Varma, who used the email ID manager at Intercompany Mail, and we have this mail right over here, right? I'm just showing it because we've got all of this over here. Now, he wrote to his associates that an anonymous complaint had been received by the Defense Ministry on the trials conducted on SIG assault rifles in the US by Indian Army officers. Now, according to the complaint, Indian evaluators were unable to reach the firing range for trials on time and the firing range was not subsequently available. Abhishek Varma was able to glean information from the Defense Ministry that A, there was an anonymous complaint and B, this is what the complaint was. He shouldn't have been able to access this information in any case, but he did. But let's move on. Now, this anonymous complaint said that Indian evaluators, testers of this gun, were able to extrapolate the performance of the gun by testing it at a range of 300 meters, not the mandated 800 meters. Now, Six Hour looked after the Indian evaluators. The wife of one of the officers was taken shopping, wined and dined. And therefore, the complainant, the anonymous complainant, said in that letter to the Defense Ministry, Six Hour should be dropped from the competition for uh, sniper rifles for the Indian Army. Now, quite clearly, Abhishek Varma, who was working for Six Hour, was worried about the consequences. And in this letter, he writes, if he, in other words, the Director General of Acquisitions in the Defense Ministry takes cognizance of the anonymous complaint, then the entire deal would be scrapped and retendered. So that's what their worry is. Now... They have a worry. How are they now going to push the deal? How are they going to ensure that the SIG gun remains in the competition? Key questions. All right. 
Now, in an email to his colleague, Varma also shares details of the performance of all the guns in the trial. Now, this is what I was referring to earlier on. Not only did he get access to that anonymous letter, he also was able to access performance of competing guns in the trials. This is top secret, highly classified, based on an army report submitted to the Director General of Acquisition in the Defense Ministry. I can't show you that because I assume it falls under the, under the Official Secrets Act. How did he get something like this? Key question, how did one of the companies participating in a major weapons tender, Six Hour, get gain knowledge about the performance of a competing firm from Israel during both day and night trials? That's what Varma appears to have got. Another key question, how did Varma actually know how each gun had been evaluated? Because these documents indicate that he had the number one and number two rankings as well for daytime shooting and nighttime shooting. So. This is what he was able to get, but remember about that anonymous letter, how does he deal with it? Well, on the 25th of July, 2011, Varma writes to his colleagues, and I've got uh, this email with me as well. I will find out from my friends how something can be done and at what cost. Here is where the bribe business comes in. And in another email, and here's where it gets genuinely murky, Varma writes, the issue was discussed with the VIPs today. The VIP will invoke the clause of no action should be taken on anonymous complaints. This is that letter. It's marked secret. And this is the VIP. We don't know who this VIP is. This VIP will invoke the policy of no action should be taken on an anonymous complaint. Now, it goes on to say that the VIP is not really concerned with the eventual outcome of the tender. That will be decided, decided on a commercial bid. But the VIP would like to be paid half immediately to take on the assignment to ensure that six hour is not thrown out of the competition and the other half will be paid on the success. What do you mean by success? Success by def his definition is when the financial envelope of SIG is also included in the opening of the financial bids of the party. So if the gun moves through when the financial bids are open, that's when the VIP will take his money, he will move away and that's his job. How much will he be paid? Now the damages for the short project would be $220,000. That's what it says over here. The damages for the short project would be $220,000. $110,000 immediately and the other half as soon as our company is invited to the financial bids opening. All right. Well, this could be all talk. Did money make its way to India? Apparently it did. We've got those documents as well over here. How the money trail actually happened. Now, Keen to ensure that the process to bribe the so-called VIP happens quickly, Varma sends an email on the 26th of uh, July 2011 in which he writes, Gilly has spoken to Ron, they have to wire $50,000 tomorrow, Tuesday or on Wednesday for business development. These are the words that are used in India. This cannot be delayed a day as each day counts. On the 26th of July 2011, an account is opened at JP Morgan Chase Bank in New York. This is a copy of beginning balance, $0, and then $51,000 is deposited into the account. Right here it says $51,000 is deposited into the account. And on the 2nd of August 2011, there is an email from Varma's colleague, C. Edmonds Allen, that the transfer to Ganton, Varma's company, is actually complete. And, you know, we've got details of that. Here we go. We've got details of that as well here. This is the account transfer that's taken place. This is bribe money which has actually made its way to India. Irrespective of whether it was paid or not, and people will say, we don't really know who the VIP is. We don't really know 
if he has been paid or she has been paid. But this is the account transfer from Sikh Sawyer to Ganton. Ganton is the company of Abhishek Varma. Right. So we know that the bribe money actually came to India as well. What's the bottom line? Well, the 6-hour 716 assault rifle has never been blacklisted. It is in competition for the Indian Army's tender. It remains in competition and there are reports that SIG was actually allowed to showcase the range of the gun. Remember, they couldn't showcase the range of the gun properly in the US. Apparently, we are told, we are trying to confirm this, they were allowed to showcase the range of the gun through special permission in trials in India. Unanswered questions. Who is the VIP who helped Varma ensure that SIG and their gun was not blacklisted? Are Varma's claims to his colleagues of having a VIP friend genuine in the first place or, he or is he misleading everybody? Well, this is what we are looking at. Joining us, Sanjay Jha, member of the Congress Party, also with us, uh, Chandan Mitra, MP of the Rajya Sabha. He's been with us for a while. And, uh, General VP Malik, former Chief of Staff of the Indian Army. Thank you all very much for being with us. Chandan Mitra, quick reaction to this story. Well, you see, what you have just revealed, I think it just confirms what uh, a large section of the media has been saying for a long time, that Abhishek Verma is the kingpin in this whole sordid and murky business of uh, defense purchases and kickbacks and bribes that have been going on and have dogged the Indian Army and its defense purchases for many, many years. And the amazing thing is that if you have got all these emails, what has the CBI, or ED and other investigative agencies been doing? Surely they haven't put blindfolds on their eyes because it involves all these big companies and the kickbacks have actually been received by top people in um, uh, the party or, or government. So, and Burma is in jail. His wife is in jail. They have not been named in any uh, crime relating to whether it's a helicopter purchase or this arms um, uh, matter. Why hasn't he been named? In fact, in another case, in a case filed by a Cyprus company, the trial court directed the CBI to file an FIR against Verma. The CBI not only did not file that FIR, uh, they have in fact now said that the trial court has no jurisdiction. So, Verma is being protected. Yes. By whom? That's and why? Question. And therefore, the first thing is, is the an FIR must be filed against Verma. He must be questioned about this and many other arms deals that have happened because he is undoubtedly one of the biggest arms dealers not only okay. in India but in the world around. He and his wife are the biggest corn couple uh, in Indian history in recent times. And we are allowing him to go scot-free okay, inside jail on, yes. a, on a relatively minor charge. Sanjay Jha, the basic point which I think Chandan Mitra is making is that the system is messed up. We've seen this time and time again. Middlemen are being reportedly protected, if not by people in the armed forces. And that's the big worry we found out in the Augusta Westland deal as well. These are the allegations. But by bureaucrats, several of whom have been named. We've not named them today. And others, the system of acquiring weaponry for our poor Jawans trying to save our lives is messed up. Is that, is that something we need to now accept? I think Vishnu, I think for, I mean, I would completely agree with Chandan that the system of defense purchases in India has to be thoroughly reviewed. Now, as a matter of principle, the good step is that we have said that middlemen are not allowed uh, to be engaged in any purchases of arms equipment that is done by the government. 
Now, there are merits and demerits. There are a lot of people who believe that if you want to make ha. your trans system more transparent and accountable, allow that to happen. But that's a dangerous one because that may actually encourage a lot of people into indulging in even more excess uh, acts of corruption. So at this point of time, what you're witnessing is what happens in, you know, we are today one of the largest importers of, uh, of the largest worldwide. The la world's largest. And, and, and we, we, are, we, we are the largest. And, you know, because of the fact that even if you look at our, our recent budget, I mean, the defense figures haven't gone down. They only have crept up. So obviously there are, uh, I consider somebody like Varma, if you look at his track record, he's not an arms dealer. I think we flatter him by saying that. He's a sleazy con man. He uses subterfuge. He's used forgery. He leads a lab lifestyle he's into name dropping and obviously he's, but he's obviously penetrated the system as well jokers. you can call him yeah yeah we're falling into the trap right I, I agree now i think that's a challenge that everybody needs to look into you know if you look at it the dangerous part vishnu that i would mention here is the is, is that navy war room leak that happened uh, you know around seven to eight years ago and even today he's flourishing in whichever form his wife was now, actually negotiating why is he being Absolutely. Now, I, Why is he not Many years after the Navy Bahu where he was a Chandan, Chandan, I don't think we need to we need to talk about protection and give it a political angle because let me tell you, I mean uh, some of the rifle issues that Vishnu's talked about pertain to purchases by the by the Madhya Pradesh government. Yeah, we so are going to talk about, about that later on because we're running yeah, out of time. I, I, I just there's uh, a dangerous uh, element Sanjay, I take the point you're making. I need to bring in General yeah. Malik over here. We had an Italian uh, foreign minister's uh, press conference so we run out of time. General Malik uh, so you are you're a soldier. I, I mean, you were the army chief. You know more than anybody else how much our soldiers need these guns. Uh, so the, the the fault it seems to me, sir, is everywhere at the level of officers testing in the armed forces, at the level of bureaucrats who give top secret information. Where is the rot, sir? Look, uh, uh, let me first yes. clarify. I, I tend to agree with the, both the previous speakers. Chandan Mitra as well as uh, Sanjay Jha, as far as Abhishek Verma and his uh, credentials are concerned. But uh, let me just clarify uh, a few procedures uh, which I think uh, need to be discussed when we talk about this email that you have just now read out. Yes. The first thing, what is looking strange to me is that why should an officer go all the way to USA to see a particular weapon? Uh, because uh, trials for the uh, weapons take place only in India. Formal technical trials take place only in India in different weather conditions, in different types of terrain. So I don't know why anybody went outside the country. Uh, it could have been done when they were just collecting information about the uh, and wanting to prepare a GSQR or before the request for proposals uh, were sent out. So that looks a bit strange to me. The second thing, let me also clarify that when these trials take place, technical trials take place under a team yes. headed by a very senior officer. In this case, it could have taken place in Mao and some other places. Uh, the vendors are present. Yes. The vendors know exactly what is going on. So nothing is kept secret from them. They know who is better or who is not so good uh, in their weaponry. So that bit of information anybody can collect. Okay. But as you said about uh, the files moving around, the, the data moving around. And the money I being transferred. I agree with you that yeah. uh, Ministry of Defense and Army Headquarters is a sieve today. Yes. Let me tell you, when these things carry on for months and months together, yes. then these files are passed around 
so many people, they go through up and down in the formations, in the army headquarters, in the Ministry of Defense, and I'm not at all surprised when that a person like uh, all right. Abhishek Verma is able to collect this kind of information and okay. pass it on. All right. We'll have to end uh, on this note. Apologies. We could wish I could have spent more time on this. There is so much more to discuss. Thank you all for your perspective. We will follow up on the story and we can tell you there's a lot more. After the break, the U.S. President Barack Obama interrupted by a heckler while speaking to students in Jerusalem. That you will shape our future and given the ties between our countries, I believe your future is bound to ours. Oh no. <laughs> this is part of the lively debate that we talked about. <laughs> I have to say we actually arranged for that because it made me feel at home. <laughs> you know, I, uh, I wouldn't feel comfortable if I didn't have at least one heckler. 